0: Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach slash liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. When you're saying, I can't do this, I can't have what I want, I can't create this boundary with clients, I can't get paid this fee, clients won't say yes to that. What you're actually saying is, I'm not willing to do the work I would need to do in order for me to have that reality. I'm not willing to do the marketing, I'm not willing to improve my sales. I want this thing, but I am telling myself I can't have it because I'm not willing to do the things that I would need to do to get it. I'm not willing to make the changes that I would need to make to get it. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, and today we'll be talking about how to actually improve your practice and enjoy the improvements you've made guilt-free. If you're desperately wanting to change your practice but struggle with guilt, then this episode is for you. I'll tell you exactly how to work with those feelings of guilt around raising your fees or holding your cancellation policy, and yes, the guilt that comes up when you're just enjoying your work and your life. Make sure to listen to the very end for a simple practice you can do this week to help you connect with your deepest desires judgment free. Let's get into it. So, in the last episode, I taught you how to take a week off from seeing clients every month, which is all well and good, but you're probably thinking, what the fuck, can I actually do that? Am I allowed to do that? And the answer is yes, you 100% are, especially since you've taken the trouble to start your own business. This is something that I think is pretty funny that we therapists do. We will go through the trouble of creating our very own businesses, and then we will feel as if we're not allowed to make the businesses we want. Oftentimes, I've seen therapists feel like they almost have less freedom in their own private practices than they have in, say, the agency work that they're doing. They say, well, I can't have a fee above X amount of money, or I couldn't take that time off. And it's like, dude, It's your business. Of course, you can. And like I said in the last episode, when you're saying, I can't do this, I can't have what I want, I can't create this boundary with clients, I can't get paid this fee, clients won't say yes to that. What you're actually saying is, I'm not willing to do the work I would need to do in order for me to have that reality. I'm not willing to do the marketing, I'm not willing to improve my sales. I want this thing, but I am telling myself I can't have it because I'm not willing to do the things that I would need to do to get it. I'm not willing to make the changes that I would need to make to get it. And sometimes those changes that we need to be willing to make is being willing to have others not approve of our decisions, which, oh my gosh, is so hard for us because, I mean part of our gifts as therapists is like, we are so good with people. We're great at helping people feel good about themselves, feel heard, feel understood. And there can be these moments in our practices where our needs really come through. And this is something that I would say with my therapy clients whenever we would be navigating changes in the frame. And when I say changes in the frame, I mean, changes to the amount of money they're paying, the time we're meeting, the frequency with which we're meeting, our cancellation policy, all of these things are kind of the frame. Within the therapy itself, there's so much flexibility. Like a lot of things can happen once we're in the room together, once we're in the therapy together. But in terms of the frame, those things tend to be highly structured and very consistent. And so what I have found is that that is one of the moments where my needs as a therapist would really come to the fore in a way that they didn't most of the other times in therapy. And so that is a change to how the relationship is usually working. And I think it's really helpful to acknowledge that when we're talking to clients about these changes that we're making. Hey, I'm making changes to the frame of our therapy. I'm making some changes to my business. And I wanted to let you know about that. And it's one of those really obvious places and maybe somewhat rare things in therapy where your needs as a human being really come into play. And if you don't feel like you're allowed to have needs or preferences as a therapist when you're building your own business, then things like this are just going to feel really, really hard for you to do. So whether the change you're wanting to make in your practice is to take a week off from work every month, like we talked about last time, or you want to just change your working hours or change what you're charging. This, this concept applies to all of those things. So today we're talking about the things you want to do or maybe stop doing but feel like you can't or shouldn't or would be a quote-unquote bad therapist for doing. So I want to start by talking about why we feel bad about feeling good there are so many reasons why therapists can feel bad for feeling good. Some of them are happening on a cultural level. Obviously, for some of us, this has a very personal aspect. From a cultural perspective, you know, I'm just thinking about our history in America of Puritanism and this idea that life is for suffering the good stuff happens in heaven. So don't expect much from being alive because that's not where it's at. We're not even of this world. You know, heaven's going to be great. So keep your head down and keep on working. There's so much suffering. Why would you even try to feel good on this planet? And then if you were, and I think whether or not you grew up in the church, our culture in America is really imbued with that perspective. And on top of it, if you did happen to grow up in the church like I did, I got the message that I was innately sinful and there was really no changing that and that someone died in a brutal way because I was sinful. Like, that is really heavy, (laughs) a child to deal with. And again, whether you grew up in the church or not, that sort of perspective is imbued in our culture, the Puritan uh, work ethic and perspective on whether or not we're enjoying life. Another thing we may be dealing with is if you were the person in your family who is, say, the most functional. So if in your family, people were having a really hard time, you may have felt like it wasn't okay for you to be okay. And I think when we're really young and we're so, I mean, we're always so aware of other people, we're incredibly social animals. And when we're little, little kids, we're really tracking the people around us because our safety really does depend on the other people in our families, in our environments. And so if people around you are having a hard time, if they're not doing well, you can get the sense that it's not okay for you to be okay. Okay if other people aren't okay. And some of us get super explicit messaging that this isn't okay. Some of it's just kind of, we're picking it up. And in other cases, we literally grow up in families where people say, "You, it's not okay for you to feel okay. Or how could you be happy when this is happening? Or when someone else is having a hard time, it is in fact your problem and you're expected to solve it. So, So maybe you're hearing this and you're like, oh my gosh, Felicia, get out of my head. Have you been spying on me my whole life? or maybe these specific types of examples don't apply to you at all. But I would take a moment here to just reflect on where might there have been places in your experience that you learned it wasn't okay for you to feel good. In fact, you should feel guilty if you were feeling good, or you should limit how good you're able to feel. I just thought of another example, which now seems so obvious. Like If you are... A woman or someone who is identified as female at birth, one of the things that we can grow up with is that it's not okay for us to feel good. It could be potentially dangerous on a lot of different levels. We might attract the quote unquote wrong kind of attention. Uh, We might get attacked or insulted or misunderstood or be considered to be whores or just all sorts of things. So, like, there is so much conditioning around feeling good is not okay. So again, regardless of your history or your identity, I just want you to take a moment to consider if there are any places that you have picked up on this messaging, just so you can begin to identify it, because that's going to be really helpful in allowing you to heal that and be able to choose to interact with the world differently. If this stuff is outside of awareness, you know, as a therapist, it's kind of hard to choose something different. So I want you to bring this into your conscious awareness and of course, be really gentle with yourself here because this can be incredibly tender. There's a good reason why we're not paying attention to our desires, of course. And so when you touch on these things, it can be a place of so much tenderness. So be sweet to yourself, take care of yourself here. And to the extent that it's possible, do a bit of investigation. So even if a lot of things have changed in your life, you know, you're not living in your family home anymore, maybe you're not a part of the church or your relationship or interpretation of religion has changed, or you don't consciously buy into Puritan worth ethics. If you haven't healed this belief of it's not okay for me to feel good, or there are limits to how good I can feel, then it's likely that you will be a magnet for these kinds of dynamics in your relationships. And certainly, if we're a private practice therapist, this can happen in our private practices. We can have the idea of something we want, but when we go to present it to somebody else, and there's even the slightest bit of criticism or resistance or someone's not okay with moving forward with us because of this change we make, we can be very, very quick to interpret that as C. Of course, it's not possible for me to have what I want. Of course, this was ridiculous. Who was I to think that this was even possible? And now I even have this person who's telling me I'm a terrible therapist because I want to raise my fee or I don't want to work at this time. And if we haven't healed the belief around our own limitations in terms of how good it can be, we will buy into it. We will agree with that. And we will go back into our way of living, of not having pleasure in our lives, of not going for what we want, and we'll just deflate after that. All of that is to say that feeling deserving of goodness is really hard. And if you are relating to this, just know it's really normal. It's not like even specific to you. There are so many reasons for this. Another thing that can happen is that we may decide feeling good is okay. I can have some goodness, I can enjoy my life, I can raise my feet, but there's usually A limit to that there are some moralistic judgments about the right kind of good so let's say that you've worked through a lot of this and you are at the point where you're like no it's okay for me to feel good I can accept that but if you pay attention you'll notice that there's probably some limits to that that you're imposing on yourself some limits as to how good you could feel how much financial abundance you could have how amazing your practice could actually be so let me give you an example. If you're opening up to the idea of being able to have more goodness in your life and in your business, but there's a little bit of a limit there, this is one way it could show up. Let's say that you're trying to figure out what to charge for your services, and maybe you look around and you notice that, okay, there are a lot of therapists in my area who are charging a lot more than me. I'm charging a pretty low rate yeah, maybe I don't have as much experience, but you know what, I'm just gonna go for it because I would really like to be making more money in my practice. So let's say that you make the move to that higher fee. But let's say that that higher fee is still not enough money for you to be financially abundant. That is telling me there are some limitations around there because what you would actually need to be paid to live the life you want is beyond what therapists in your area are charging. And so there is this belief of, well, it could get better But it couldn't actually be that good. It couldn't be good enough to allow me to have everything I want and more. So take a look at that and notice, like, where am I allowing myself to have some degree of goodness, a step up? And where are the places where I am actually still holding myself back? And it's not to say that if you're finding those places that you've done something horribly wrong, this is something that evolves over time. For those of us who have tried to get by by wanting as little as possible, it's normal for our desire muscle to have actually atrophied. The part of you that wants things just kind of gets quiet because you're not paying any attention to it. And even if you did hear it, you would judge it and you definitely wouldn't do what it says. So after a while, it's just like, you know what, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And even though that's perhaps tolerable, it doesn't lead to a very fulfilling or vital life. And let's say you're hearing me now and you're like, whoa, I am getting my mind blown. I haven't really been thinking about this, but this is making so much sense to me. And you want to start to pay attention to your desires. It's very likely that you're going to have to warm yourself up over time. It's going to take a while for your desires to begin appearing or the initial ones might be smaller than what they eventually will be. And the reality is desires just evolve anyway. They evolve over time. And so you couldn't possibly know what you're going to want years and years from now. The main thing is for you to just become a student of your desires and to stop seeing them as enemies and things that are going to harm other people and start seeing them as really the key to your success and the way that you are going to be able to not just enjoy your life, but help even more people. The other really crucial thing about working with your desires and getting rid of guilt is deciding that you get to have what you want because you want it. Not because you've worked hard enough or you've put in enough hours or some terrible thing happened earlier in your life or because someone finally told you you could have it. That is a losing game because the justification is always outside of yourself. It always depends on who else is looking at it, whether or not they approve of you getting to have what you want, whether or not you happen to approve that day of you getting what you want, and it's just not reliable way to do this. And the way that this has shown up for me is I have felt like I shouldn't have the things I want because there's so much suffering in the world, or I will do this thing where I feel almost the opposite of that sometimes where because of the things that have been hard in my life that I somehow deserve to have the things I want as if there's like this scale where things are going to get paid out. And the truth is that it doesn't work that way. Ultimately, you are the only person who can decide that it's okay for you to have what you want, that your desires aren't some mistake or glitch, (laughs) that they're information and useful. And ultimately, worthiness that's contingent on something else being so isn't really innate worthiness. As long as our sense of worthiness can get thrown off by one client saying no to us after we said we were gonna raise our fee, or a client telling us they didn't like our cancellation policy and they couldn't believe that we were actually enforcing it. If we are thrown off our game and suddenly get swung into thinking, oh, maybe I don't deserve it. What was I thinking? This person's having a really hard time. How could I do this to them? Then it's telling me that we don't actually feel worthy in the first place. And we're way more likely to just keep on looking for reasons and finding them that we're not worthy of having what we want. We're way more likely to do that than to discover reasons why we are worthy. So there is no reason why you deserve this. There's also no reason why you don't deserve this. You are simply allowed to create what you want to create. And I believe and have seen through working with my clients that when we allow ourselves to do that, Actually, we're able to do more good in the world and not less. And I think that is our absolute biggest fear. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you what that looks like, because the truth is I don't have a formula, but what I do believe is that therapists are incredibly creative people and that if they're given the permission to go for what they want, we can create so much more change than if we feel stuck in a box. And now we're going to talk about how to get you out of that box so you can start connecting with your desires, create even more impact, and just enjoy your life while you're at it. Wouldn't that be nice? The key things keeping us from connecting with and acting on our desires are fear and perfectionism. So when it comes to perfectionism, We think, all right, Felicia, fine, you've convinced me. I'm going to connect with my desires, but I'm only going to follow through with them if they are absolutely perfect and will never make anyone upset. And I am guaranteed that in the end, I will know I'm a good person and I will be, (laughs) I will be blameless, which is one of my, one of my things, (laughs) to be totally honest. Like that is my biggest fear is that someone would be like, oh, Felicia fucked up, right? So here's the thing. You are going to probably make some mistakes. Or at the very least, do something that, I don't know, a few years from now, you'll be like, hmm, I would do that differently now. But you know what that's called? That's called learning. Y'all, it's okay. It's okay for you to learn and grow and change. And honestly, that's the only way you're going to do it. So I want to give you permission to experiment, to listen to your desires and see what happens. I promise you well, I'll be here applauding you, but that doesn't mean everyone else will be. There will be people who tell you not to do what you want to do because it's changing the nature of how the two of you relate to each other. And you know what? That's fair. Some people aren't going to be on board with your changes, but that doesn't mean that other people won't. And it certainly doesn't mean that you shouldn't create the life you want to create, especially again, in your private practice, you started this business, I'm assuming, because not only did you want to help people, but you wanted a greater degree of like control over your business and your life. You wanted the benefits that come with making the wacky decision to be an entrepreneur. There are a lot of other ways to make money. You don't need to be running your own business, but if you are going to run your own business, you may as well make it a place you actually want to work. So come on, let's do it. The thing that really helps with this is remembering that you are allowed to make changes. You are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to course correct. And that it is okay for you to make quote unquote mistakes or do things one way and then do it differently another time and still be a good person. You are allowed to experiment along the way. And now I want to share some affirmations with you to cut through some of these insidious beliefs that might be there and are needing to be healed. And after that, I'll be sharing a simple practice you can use this week to help you give those desires the attention they deserve. So get cozy, close your eyes, or if you're driving or walking around, that's not a problem. Just listen to these phrases and let them wash over you. Make sure you save this episode and come back to this section and listen to it over and over again because it's going to help you connect with your desires and then actually go for them. All right, here we go. I am allowed to learn. I am allowed to get things wrong. I can always change my mind. I am creative enough to find solutions that don't require my unnecessary suffering. Some of these solutions are not immediately apparent to me, but I will continue to pursue them. I am allowed to create what I want even if others don't approve of my choices. I can tolerate being disliked and misunderstood. I am allowed to put myself first. Taking care of myself and enjoying my life and my loved ones is what helps me begin to see clearly so that I can have an even greater impact than what I ever imagined before. So whenever you're needing to be reminded that it's okay for you to go for it, that it is normal and allowed to have needs and wants, that they're not a problem, that they're 100% gifts, come back to these affirmations over and over again and let yourself listen to them feel free to write down or add your own. You can also make a recording of your own voice and listen to that each day or simply repeat these to yourself. Another key piece of this is being in community with people who can reflect this back to you. So here's another reminder to get on the interest list for liberated business so that you can be notified whenever we're enrolling for that membership. And if you're wanting something that you can engage with 100% right now and also happens to be free, then come join my Facebook group, Healing Money, where you can hang out with me and other bad therapists and be in community together because I recognize how challenging this can be. And to be honest, we're really not meant to do it alone. And we are facing a lot of good therapist conditioning, not just from our clients' expectations or supervisors or coworkers, but also our fellow therapists. So it's so helpful to go be in a community with therapists who are on the same wavelength as you, who can celebrate you, who will encourage you to experiment. It's just such a warm place. It's definitely not your typical therapist Facebook group. I'll tell you that. This is another practice that you can do every day. It's super, super simple. And the whole purpose of it is to begin to warm you up again and warm up your desires. Because like I was saying earlier, if you haven't been in the practice of paying attention to them or Following through with them, then it's possible that you're thinking, well, I don't really want much, which honestly just isn't true. It's not like, well, if I want something, I'm going, that automatically means I'm going to want a million dollars. Like, truly, not everybody wants that. (laughs) But you do, I promise you, want more than what's happening right now. So, in order for you to begin to bring those desires back online, this is just a really simple practice that you can utilize every day and it's this. So grab something to write with, whether it's on your computer or your favorite journal or even a scrap piece of paper, it honestly doesn't matter, and just complete the sentence prompt I want. And complete that sentence over and over and over again until you're kind of exhausted whatever you have to say for that day. And when you're writing, I want to encourage you to not censor yourself. Uh, Write down anything and everything and that comes up, no matter how off-the-wall it sounds, whether or not you think it's possible doesn't matter. If you are writing down wants that seem contradictory, like they couldn't possibly both exist in the same universe, that doesn't matter. Still, please write down everything. And then just do this again the next day. You don't necessarily have to act on your wants. The very first step of this is just to begin to allow yourself to hear what they are. Now, I'm sure there are going to be some desires you act on, Probably pretty quickly. And there might be some that don't really happen for a while. And there are also some that you may never do because things change. But I just want you to get into the practice of listening to your desires and becoming like beginning that conversation. I want your desires to feel like you give a shit about them, <laughs> like you actually care. And part of that is being willing to listen to what they have to say. And come say hi to me on Instagram, or like I said, come join my Facebook group and share them with me because I would love to hear what they are. It brings me so much joy to see therapists not only going for what they want, but beginning to warm up those desires because I think that's where our power is really going to be. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today you learned that it's okay to be happy, like really happy without a caveat. That the right place for you is as unique as you are, and that you can be an even better therapist when you know what you want and have the courage to actually go for it. You know you're an infinitely creative person and that there are solutions out there to the problems that stump you right now. And for this week, you're going to pay attention to your desires and be a humble and loving student of them. Thank you so much for going on this ride with me, and make sure to join me next week when I'll start my series on how to fill your practice with clients you love. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.